Women are looking at this episode right now, and they're saying, why he ain't found nobody down? Yeah. <laughs> this guy is saying everything right. He's everything that women are looking for. Why hasn't he found somebody? What would be your response to that? Because I was dishonest within myself. So that that's ultimately what everything comes back to, <sighs> is every relationship, every person that I've been with, there was always something wrong with me. And I think one of the things that we do as men, which is very immature, is we'll try to manipulate women to make it seem like it's their problem or like they're doing something wrong. But really, the whole time, it's always been me. We put porn to shame. <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. The Talk. womb is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk! I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow, yeah. this woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. Attorney. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You can make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. He gonna say, dear future wifey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gonna go right in that box. I'm LaTerrace R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latera Sarr Whitfield. Listen, man, we've been having some amazing guests on season five. Hey, before we get started, come on, are you still shacking up with us? Man, if you're still shacking up with us, go ahead and make a commitment and hit that subscription button. Turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. You definitely need to turn on your notification bell because tomorrow we're going to have a little fun on YouTube. So you want to make sure that you don't miss that. If you're listening to us on streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, rate it four or five stars, whatever the platform allows you to rate it as. And uh, keep spreading the word. I've been getting a lot of feedback from people on different platforms talking about how valuable the Dear Future Wifey podcast has been for them. Today, oh yeah, we're about to go ahead and jump right into this. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My new homie. Josh Young, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's happening, brother? So, Josh, so you and I met, we got connected because I had a conversation with your sister. I've been knowing your sister for over a year and a half, and she'd been bragging about you. She was like, oh, my brother is so amazing. He's so <laughs> great, and I just want him to find a really great woman. I was like, man, your brother ain't thinking about no woman. He's playing basketball overseas and stuff. He, you know, as you said, uh, you have your Baskin-Robbins uh, a flavor of women and I said he ain't he ain't ready to settle down and so you stop playing if I'm not mistaken and you're back home right yeah well I haven't decided yet you actually. haven't decided whether I'm, you're gonna go back or not I'm, I'm kind of in the middle in the middle but you're back home right now I'm back home right now and he she said that you are looking for a wife that's true really that, that is correct so in your heart you said you desire a wife yeah it's a uh you know it feels like a, a different season for me and so I've had my time. I've played for a long time. Uh, some things have shifted 
Uh, my my prayer life has grown a lot, and I've started to really seek the face of the Lord a lot more. And I think in doing that, this is where all of this has come about. So let me ask you this. If this title, if this episode had a title and you could name it, what would you call this episode? That's a good question. Because you're at this place, and they say when men, um, they say that men don't marry for the right one. They marry at the right time. Do you agree with that? Or do you believe it's a mixture of two? Because, like, could you have met the right one two years ago and still been feeling like this, that you want to be married? I think I think it's a mix. And the reason I think that is because there has to be development within yourself, right? And so that's a large part of the reason that I feel the way that I feel now. I think when you couple that with seeking the face of God, well, then I think that creates a beautiful mix for what's supposed to happen at the right time. So we're going to call this episode Right One, Right Time. That's a great, that's a great caption. Right One, Right Time. Okay, Right One, Right Time. So you said you've been actually seeking the face of God. Please um, uh, unpack that. Well, you know, I've had a 12-year a basketball career. And each year or every two years, whenever my contract ends, I'll get another offer. It's a good offer. I take it. I leave. Right. This was the first time that I sat down after a season. I thought, is this actually what the Lord wants me to do? And so I think a lot of times when opportunity presents itself, we just, when it looks good to us, we just automatically go after it. Well, this is the first time I thought, is this where I'm supposed to be? Really? I think that's the, the place in life where we really want to be is where we're supposed to be, right? That's the yeah. best place. Uh, and so in doing that, things have kind of shifted within myself, um, the way that I see life, things, the way that I understand certain things. And uh, like I said, it's just kind of shifted me into a different season. So what do you think was the what, what 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 made the shift? I know that as we get older, we have these natural propensities to have shifts and things that we desire. But uh, for each man, there's something different. So what happened? Was it was it a, a aha moment that you had after something that happened or whatnot? What 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 caused the shift for you? Yeah, I think one part of that was just the experience, right? I've had a lot of experience in playing. Uh, when I finished this last season, it was it was just different. You know, the, the actual season was a different season. And then when I finished and I came home, well, I have been gone for so long that every time I'm here, one of my nieces or nephews is crawling. When I come back, they're walking. Then when, when I leave, they're yeah. walking. When I come back, they're talking. Well, this time I came back and, you know, my parents were getting older. And my grandparents were getting older. And my family is expanding. And you do what you love a lot of times, but people don't oftentimes think about the sacrifice that yeah. it takes to do things like that. And so that was the first thing that kind of clicked. Like, is this investment in what I've been doing for 12 years worth being away from the people that I love the most? Because what is really the most important thing in life? And so I think as I started to think on that, that was kind of the first little screw that started to come unloose in this whole entire thing. And then as I've been here and the more that I started to get back into the church, right? And I started to be around people who were actually seeking God's face, people who have prayer lives. Yeah. You know, the, your environment is so big. Um, all of those things have played a huge role in kind of the mindset that I have right now. So you said, um, what was that thing then? You said that that click. What did you see? What, what is the that important thing in life? Well, I think at a, at a foundational level, it is love for self and love for others, right? And I actually, I went to a funeral not too long ago of a guy that went to my school. And young guy, 
was married, had kids. Mm. And I was really taken back by the fact that everyone that got up spoke about the way that he loved his family and the mm. way that he loved the people that he worked with and the impact that he left on them through that. And so when I think about the things that God has put inside of me to give to the world, I have to, I have to wonder to myself, am I prolonging this by continuing to play? Um, and so all of those things were questions that are just kind of circling. That's what I was talking about. That's what I was looking for is that moment. And so that moment, one of those big moments was that funeral. Um, I work on a podcast with my homegirl, Lady Jade. I produce her podcast. It's called The Dash. And The Dash is that seemingly insignificant line uh, between your birth date and your death date. And what you do with that seemingly insignificant dash is uh, makes the world a difference of the impact that you're making on this earth. And so um, it's interesting because we have those aha moments at funerals uh sometimes we have those aha moments at weddings when you plan when you're been the uh best man or one of the groomsmen and you're looking at your your, your brother your homie uh taking those nuptials you're like man man he's like he got something special i want it you know what i'm saying and uh and we joke and be like all right you out the game more for me you know what i'm saying and you like i mean how many women can i really really have how many do i really really want and as you've uh, matured and as you go through the maturation phase as a man then what we thought was important as a young boy is is whack as an adult yeah did you experience that yeah absolutely and uh i think also one of the things that i started to do was i started to commit to reading my word every day and in doing that you you just said something about how we act when we're a child and then when we grow up well it was always interesting to me how when paul was speaking to the Corinthians, how he said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Facts. And it wasn't necessarily just that, that verse, but the context, because that falls in first Corinthians 13. Yeah. So you're reading the whole chapter about love. And then, then he says, yeah, but when I was a kid, I put away childish things. It kind of, it, it kind of, you talking about something, Josh, <laughs> you know, you talked about something. Well, it kind of alludes to the fact that he's saying that in order to mature, you really have to be rooted in love. And I could say that that hasn't always been my foundation. And that hasn't been the way that I've kind of moved through life. I've had phases and pockets and I do it with certain people up, and not with other people. Yeah. But I think in order to really start to grow and put away those things that we would consider childish, especially as it pertains to relationships, yeah. well, then you really have to understand what is love. Have you ever been close? Have you ever been close to a proposal or have you been engaged before or close to marriage? I haven't. I've never been engaged. I've had relationships that were good relationships, um, but there was always like that missing thing. And the reason I say there was that missing thing is because I'm not married. Um, and so that's always one, one of the things that is kind of, that is kind of always eluded my relationships. Uh, but I have never, I've never been married, never been engaged. Have you ever thought that someone was the one? Actually, no. You never thought that? Never. <laughs> Did never. they think you were the one? Yeah, that's happened before. That's happened before. And, you know, that's, that's always like an unfortunate situation, especially because men, and this is a part of our immaturity, yeah. that we will go through relationships and situations for so long. And, I mean, why else would you go for, with this for so long unless you had intentions of doing that yeah, getting married? Um, and so that was a part of also my immaturity is being attached and being connected with someone for so long and then at the end being like, 
it's not going to work out. But did you know the whole time, though? Like, let's be fair. If you were yeah. dating somebody, did you date them with the intentions of saying, I know they ain't the person I'll marry, but I'm going to kick it with them for, for a season, and now I'm going to be in a committed relationship with this person, but I'll, I'll never marry this person. Yeah, well, no, it never it never worked out like that. So you don't go into yeah. relationships thinking like this you know, this ain't going to last for about a year or six months or whatever it is. Uh, but I think that every, if every man is being honest, they yeah. know at some point. And a lot of times that's not the point that it ends. We'll continue to Oh, move. that's good. We'll you continue said they always forward. know at some point and mm -hmm. that's not the point where it ends. Yeah, that's not the point that it ends. And, you know, a lot of times, I can only speak for myself, a lot of times that is taking the other person's feelings into account, which you should. But, you know... The whole idea of being honest and truthful is also something that I was very immature in. And that was really not even being honest with myself, not mm. being truthful with myself. And so you make up all these stories in your head of why you can continue to do something. And so you just push it down the line and you're really just furthering the damage that's ultimately going to happen. And it's a really sad story. So when did that when did that happen? When did how long have you been out of your last relationship? Yeah. So I was in a long long relationship, five years, and we ended up ending that last May. So not this past May, the May before. Five years. Five years. That's yeah. a long time. That's a long time. And and again, why would you be in a relationship for five years if you weren't going to get married at the end of that relationship, you know? And so hindsight's always twenty twenty. But again, I think that at some point, you know, I knew maybe this isn't what is going to happen. Um, and then you just continue to to go along with it. You continue to try. You continue to make attempts at it. Um, but ultimately, it didn't it didn't end up working out. So as you submitted to Christ, uh, have you submitted in the area of sex where you say, listen, I want whoever God brings in my life. I don't want to have sex with her until I get married. I have. So this is recent. Mm -hmm. This is recent. And um, and that's one of those things that, you know, if you listen to society, society is like, yeah, you got to have sex. So you so you know what you like and yeah, know that's the like, person you want to be what with. If, what if they're terrible? Yeah, you know what if what if you don't like it? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so again, we we make these rules. You know, we make up our own rules about the things that are important. But if you think about that, that is one of the biggest I think um, things that kills relationships, especially early on, because as a man, you know, men have sex with women for other reasons, and once you have sex with a woman, a lot of times they will fall in love with you, and a lot of times men don't. 100%. Most of the time they don't. Most of the time men don't. And it actually isn't until a man commits to a woman. Right. That, that at that point, he's like, this is me giving myself to you. This is love. And, and the sex happens way before a man does that. Yes. And that creates an imbalance that ultimately is kind of makes the relationship, I think, kind of rocky. And so you come to this epiphany. Uh, how? What made that come? Because that's a hard thing to submit to God is just sexuality. So what made you do that? I think being tired of a cycle. You know, it's you do something so many times over and over and over. Meanwhile, you're praying prayers about how you tired of the cycle. <laughs> and I'm trying to get out of the hamster wheel and it feels like treadmill mode and, you know, but continue to do the same actions. And mm -hmm. so I've never been married. I've never been in that situation where it was like, this is a woman that I'm going to commit the rest of my life to. And, but I have had sex. So it's also one of those things when you read the Bible and you think what God had put in place of when we come into union with a woman and what that looks like, 
it makes sense. You know, yes. it makes sense because it creates all these different distractions. Uh, it creates a different dynamic. And ultimately, it's it's not something that's actually even healthy, I think. You say you don't think it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Why not? Well, because like I was just saying, because what happens is you have a connection with someone, you like them, you end up sleeping with them. Well, a lot of times men aren't committed yet. And so women after that point, they're they're all in. Right. And that's not everyone. Right. It happens like that a lot. And men are still in their mind, not even committed to the young lady <laughs> at all. Right. So now you've already committed the act of coming together, but there's no commitment that goes with that. And so I think when I read the word, that was actually when those things marry the commitment, the sacrifice, the union all comes together in that at that point. Josh, let me tell you something, bro. So when your sister shout out to Amber, she was telling me about you. And um, I was like, you know, a lot of sisters find themselves very fond of their brothers and like, oh, my brother's such a great, great, great. I was like, yeah, so that's as him as a brother. But you don't know who he is as, as somebody's <laughs> mate or somebody's love interest or whatever. You know, that's where all the other stuff comes in. And then uh, she was just like, no, he's just really great. And she said that over over a period of time. You got to talk to him. You got to have him in your pocket. I said, Man, well, your brother ain't talking about nothing. And then when I talked to her recently, she said this was last week. She was like. Lateris, my brother really wants to be married. See, at, at first she just kept saying he's a good guy, he's a good guy. When you tell me that a guy wants to be married, that's a different level. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of good guys out there, there's a lot of good women out there. That don't mean that they're husband material, wife material, even desiring marriage. They're just good, but they don't, they, they like they're good people, but they don't want to be nobody's mate. When she said that, I knew that you had to have communicated that to her. And when a man begins to speak like that, he will get that. Uh, and and I knew that at that point you're moving with intentionality. And I was like, oh, I like to talk to him then. And uh, she was like, I'm telling you, he's great. He's so rooted and grounded in Christ. And this, this, this. I said, what? what? Hold on, what? You talking about he used to play basketball and he over here overseas with all these women all over the world. And now he's submitted himself to Christ to say, listen, I want a wife. I said, oh, that's the type of brother I want to talk to. So um, who were you then prior to this moment? When you look at who you were then and who you are now, what would you say is the major difference? I would say that I was the person that was just fulfilling my own desires. Whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do, with whoever I wanted to do, that's that's what I did. Uh, always still nice guy, you know, gentleman, mm-hmm. pleasant, all of those things. Uh, but you just can't, you can't trick the inside. You can't trick the heart. You can't trick the mind. You know, the Joker said you can't trick the inside. You, Talk, Josh. And and so that was, and it's almost like you you're you're playing a game. So it's it's one face over here, another face over there. And the difference is now, and like I was kind of alluding to earlier, is now I seek God's face. That, that to me is a huge difference. If, if for nobody else, that's a big difference for me. Yes. To say, hey, I actually want to do this, but what do you think about this? Mm. You know? And I think it's in that. That's what submission is. Because everyone wants what they want. But what everyone wants, what most people want, they don't realize that's not what they're good for. So if we can figure out what is it that you have for me that's better for me than what I even desire, now I'll live a life that is even better than the life that I had planned for myself. Talk about, but see, that's what 
That's the benefit of submission. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit of sowing and reaping. It's like, what are you sowing in? Because depending on what you're sowing determines what you're reaping. And if you're sowing in the, in the posture of submission, I wrote a letter that I posted on my uh, Instagram and people were like, oh my God, this has to be one of the most heartfelt letters you've ever written. But in the letter, I talked about submission. And I said, I no longer want to win. You know, as men, we're so programmed to win. You, you've been in sports. It's all about, your coach ain't never said, hey, listen, uh, if you lose a day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, you may lose yeah. a day. You know, just accept that you may lose. <laughs> you know, said no coach. They're always talking about winning, winning, winning. Yeah. So we're programmed as men to win. Win at everything. Win in relationships. Win that girl's phone number. Win this. And I got to the point where I said, I no longer want to win. I want to, I, my now, my posture now is submission and submission to Christ. You're going to always win anyway, but it's that you're not taking matters into your own hands. Right. And so when I say you hit the nail on the head is blowing my mind. Tell the people, how old are you? 34, 34 years 34. old. So you think about, um, what you're looking for in a wife, um, what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for? I always say those soft skills. Oftentimes we look at the physical and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff. And yes, you got to be cute, I assume. But what are those soft skills? What are you looking for? Well, I think the very first thing is she has to know the Lord. And I'm not talking about in this like real surfacey level, you know, I sit in the pews or oh, I was raised in the church. Yeah. Like a lot of us are. I mean, when life gets hard, like this is my rock. I cry out to God. I lean on the word. I don't even understand everything a lot of times, but I have faith that the Lord is going to work this in my favor. And I think the reason that's the first thing and the most important thing is because I've had a relationship with beautiful people where that wasn't the foundation. And ultimately, I always say, people ask me, like, why did your relationship end? And I say, well, it actually ended before it began. Because if you don't start on that proper foundation, you can build whatever you want, but if anything comes against that, which it, this life, that's what happens. Stuff comes against you. You know, rain is going to come and floods and hurricane and tornadoes. That's going to happen. But when you don't have that proper foundation, it's always going to fall. You said it ended before it began. So you're saying because the relationship wasn't rooted and grounded in Christ that it was doomed for failure. Yes, I believe that. I believe it. And, and that's a that's such a disservice to people that we come in contact with because they might not know that, but we know that as, but believers. We as believers. But we still pursue people and then we try to put it on them like, oh, you know, you doing this and you doing that. And oh, now you acting like this. You acting like that. But really, all of that falls back on you because we are supposed to be the doers of the word, not the person that we pursue. And if they have no perspective right they they have no perception of what the word says what the word is well that's kind of our job to be able to teach so i think that that is ultimately especially in our climate today we we try to make so many excuses and say yeah you know it's a good person and it probably is and honestly you you can find a lot of good people even sometimes better people outside of the church than you find in the church talk about and it doesn't mean because you're sitting in this pew and you you're in this in the same pew that it's that it's also you know an equal uh, partnership but i do think that that is the foundation love is a foundation the bible says god is love so you could argue that god is the foundation right 
Women are looking at this episode right now, and they're saying, why he ain't found nobody now? <laughs> this guy is saying everything right. He's everything that women are looking for. Why hasn't he found somebody? What would be your response to that? Because I was dishonest within myself. So that that's ultimately what everything comes back to, <sighs> is every relationship, every person that I've been with, there was always something wrong with me. And I think one of the things that we do as men, which is very immature, is we'll try to manipulate women to make it seem like it's their problem or like they're doing something wrong. But really, the whole time, it's always been me. And so once a man comes into this place where he submits, he understands who he is, well, that's what has to happen for you to be able to move into this next phase of a union. You have to submit your life. How, how are you going to lead someone if you haven't submitted to the Lord? And so that's that that was that's why I haven't found anyone is because there's always been something within me. I was always doing something contrary to what I knew to be true. I was always lying to myself within myself. I was always being dishonest. And those things are always going to show up in your life. And that's how you find yourself, I think, in that in that hamster wheel. That's how you I call it the treadmill effect. You're getting a lot of run. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> You're going nowhere. And at some point. You're going to get tired of that and you're going to desire something real, regardless of the fact that women will give you something real. But if, if something's wrong within you, then all of that is just kind of deflected, you know. And so that's always been the case. Josh, boy, let me tell you something, boy. Ooh, you talking today, boy. <laughs> you talking today. Do you talk like this around your sister? Uh, Y'all getting conversations like this? We talk. Yeah. My sisters have given me. Um, Cause you have how many sisters? Four, four beautiful sisters, and they've given me so much perspective. Where do where do you rank in the, in in the? So there, there I have two older sisters, and then it's me, and then I have two younger sisters, and life was like that for seven of my years, my first seven years. So it was just me and the girls, and then my little brother came in. So there's six of us. Four of them are women, and um, all grown, years. beautiful families. Amber being the one that has introduced. Shout out to Amber. Um, yeah and yeah so I, ha I come from a great family yeah no. so how's it been been you know what has your because when you're around a lot of females like that mm -hmm. and as sisters what did you learn watching them date watching them fall in and out of love how did that speak to you what are some things that you can like say i remember i had this one you know one of my sisters she was in love with this guy and such 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 and i found do you have any stories like that I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot. But what I will say, we actually were just talking in the car. So I, I actually brought my entourage here. Yeah. Um, we were talking in the car about some of the stuff that, that they had taught my brother and I because we had such an education into the mindset of a woman early on. So I remember even when I was like in junior high and high school and I'd be talking to my friends about stuff, they're like, what are you talking about? Because they didn't have any sisters. <laughs> And, and that's that's actually the truth for a lot of men. Yeah. They don't learn anything about a woman until they <laughs> come into a relationship with that woman. But I think the thing that I will say that I, I notice is the importance of a father's love towards his daughter. Because it's one thing to be present, but the father's love towards the daughter is the thing that shows the daughter what she's looking for in a man when she gets older. It's, it's the most important piece. That's why families are so important. 
right? The father is important for the son, but that father-daughter relationship is so special. And so I noticed that, and my sisters have, they've grown to be beautiful, and they have beautiful kids, and I'm very proud of the women that they've become. Did you have a present father? Yeah, he is. My my dad is is still here, and my dad is great, but you know, we have like a, um, that older generation, you know, the older generation, and hey, I'm working, I got talk, stuff to do. We don't talk about nothing. You know, it's, yeah. and it's, and that was, that was okay for them, because yeah. it was, hey, I don't got time to be hanging out with y'all here. I'm providing. I'm, I'm providing. I'm, yeah. Yeah, and you understand that, and so, the beautiful thing about life is that we always have choices, right? And we have the ability to see things and then decipher, is that what I want to do? Or is that not what I want to do? Or what do I want to take from this situation? Or what do I want to gather from this person and add to my life? And so as we've grown, that's been something that I've seen and I understand the importance of. And it's it's so important. So when you saw... I want something. You ain't got to reveal the sister's name, but what did you see from a relational standpoint that one of them encountered that may have broken your heart as a man and said, I'll make sure I don't do that to a woman? Were there any cases like that? Yeah. The thing that comes to like the forefront of my mind is them just wanting to be around our father, you know, but and him being just busy. You know, just like I got stuff to do. So you you bring it all the way back to the father. You don't. Uh, I'm talking about relationships. Have you oh, seen in relationships? Yeah, in yeah. relationships. Yeah, I I actually do though. I actually bring it all the way back there. And because again, you have to. If you don't see it, then how do you see it? At some point, you have to come in contact with what does a healthy relationship look like. And I actually think that's what a lot of people actually struggle with is that they've never seen a healthy relationship. That's good. So if you never have seen a healthy relationship, you're most likely just going to mimic what you have seen. And what you have seen might not be healthy. It might not be beneficial. It might not be what you need. Um, and so as you're going and navigating through life, that's why you have to be able to take that, that lens and maybe put it on someone else and see people that you come in contact. That's why your environment is so important. Cause once you come into an environment of yeah, people who are married, who are thriving, who, who love, yeah. actually love each other. Yeah. Well then it provides some type of perspective for you. Like that's what it looks like. So people are 30, 35, 40 years old, like, oh, that's what it looks like. I've never seen that before. Never seen it. Never seen it before. And it's it's extremely important because your choices a lot of times are based on your experiences, especially as it pertains to relationships. Well, then if you saw a bad relationship, you're probably going to make a poor choice. And that's a cycle until something comes in uh, and you see something different and you can break that. So... Seeing the one, how long do you think you would recognize that this is the woman that God brought to you? This is your wife. Mm-hmm. How long do you think mm-hmm. it would take you <laughs> in dating her for you to realize that whether or not you go put a ring on her finger? That's the second question. But yeah. how long would you think it would take you to say that's that's her? That's a great question. Uh, and to be honest, I, I actually talked to my mom about this and I told her, I think that that would be instant and, and not in, not in the way that's like, Oh, Hey, we gotta, we gotta do this right now. But you see people and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. I've seen people all over the world. Yeah. And beautiful people exist everywhere, but there is something that you understand, especially when you're connected to the Lord and to the spirit of God, that you connect to the spirit of another. And that I think, 
would be an instant connection. Like, that's her. Now, I think it takes time and you build and you grow in love. But as far as I and I used to think that was crazy. People like, hey, uh, love at first sight. Like, and you watch those shows, yeah, where they're like, married, yeah. all that. <laughs> and my sisters love those shows. Uh, yeah, they all do. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of, I had a guest from Married at First Sight, Gil Cuero. He came on the podcast. So we talked about that. And he was like, I'll never do this again. Because <laughs> they put you with, they they making their decision and putting you with somebody and making them marry. Right, right. Uh, but you hit, that's what most men say. Mm-hmm. Most men say that you know immediately. Mm-hmm. <sighs> This might get some brothers in trouble because some of these some of these women watching this like, why my man ain't told me? We've been together for five years. Well, you, you know that's that that's one of those things. <laughs> I think you know I kind of put my my business out there about that same situation yeah. earlier, and you know e- everyone's situation is you know they have their own dynamic, right? But I do believe that you know I do believe that when you find that young lady or that young man that like this is the one, I think. You'll know. Everybody always say that. It's, it's a trip. Every time I talk to a man, they say, uh, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, within the first three dates, they know. You know, they'll, they'll say, uh, I just, some guys say that when I saw her across the room, I knew that was going to be my wife. I'd be yeah. like, how did, how did you how did you say that? I just <laughs> knew. I just knew. I'd be like, uh, I had this one guy, Pastor Kyle, he said that he knew his wife was his wife when he was 12 years old. He saw the little girl walk in church and said, that's, that's going to be my wife. Turned to his brother and said, that's going to be my wife. The brother started laughing like, man. And for several months, she just curved him. She curved wow. him several months. And then finally, uh, I forgot what age they finally actually started committing to each other. But it was like, it wasn't like right away. <laughs> doesn't surprise me, honestly. It doesn't surprise me. I think that that is definitely possible. Definitely. So. <laughs> How long do you think after knowing she's the one that you would make the move and throw a ring on her finger and say, hey, will you marry me? Oof. I guess that kind of depends on, you know, where we are, the situation. Um, I do think that there are some very important questions that you need to ask people before you just jump into marriage. Like marriage counseling is probably a good idea. Oh, yes. You know, because there love is the foundation. You still got to build a house. Sure do. So there's a lot of different pillars that you need to throw in that house and you might talk about discipline or you talk about how you want to raise your kids or where you want to live. Like there's a lot of different things, you know, and some things you can obviously compromise and sacrifice, but you need at least know those questions. So you know what you're compromising on instead of just assuming that, okay, well, I mean, we'll work that out when we get married. I mean, Mm -hmm. of course they're not going to have a problem with that. Yeah. I had a conversation with my daughter. I did a little uh, pop up on my daughter and her fiance the other day um, and said, let's go out to dinner. And um, they were supposed to get married back in 2020, but then COVID messed it up and they were going to go overseas and get married in Cozumel. And every time they kept trying to rebook it, it kept counseling. Um, the resort kept counseling. Well, we had a conversation. I said, I'm glad that y'all didn't get married because y'all need premarital counseling before you get married. And she was like, well, we, we thought about that. that. We don't think that that's a good idea. I said, girl, <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said you, I put you in driver's ear, right? She was like, yeah. I said, why not just give you the keys and say drive? Mm. She was like, because I didn't know how to drive. I said, you don't know how to drive a marriage. Wow. I said, you've never been married before. 
you, you don't even know what you don't know. And I said, even if you sat in, a, in, in pre-medical classes and, and, and had counselors that was teaching you, you can, you know, spit out the bones, eat the fish, spit out the bones or whatnot. Whatever it is that you listen to and all that, even if you think you know everything. I said, that was one of the biggest problems that I had uh, early on in my marriage is that I didn't. I wouldn't listen. You know, I would actually go through pre-marital. I went through pre-marital counseling and um, only sought my marriage counselor when problems arose. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's like running to the doctor just because you got sick instead of saying, no, you need to do those, 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 those checkups. Um, and I was telling her that I said, listen, you saw me get married. You saw me go through a divorce. Um, if I'm telling you something as a 44 year old man telling you daughter, Son-in-law, this is what y'all need to do. You may want to listen. And then they shared this funny story that they had where they went on a skiing trip earlier this uh, year. And um, they <laughs> didn't do the class of skiing. They was just like, oh, we can figure it out. <laughs> and she said, I put my skis on. And then I said, I don't know what to do. I don't even know, to, I don't even know what to do. And so she took it off. Then her fiance, he put on some little snowboard or whatever. And every time he put it on and tried to go, he would spin around and fall down, spin around and fall down. And then this one guy came behind him and said, hey, man, do you skate? He's like, yeah. He said, he said, so you skateboard? He said, yeah. He said, well, this is the opposite of skateboard. You need to be on the tip of your toes and then on your heels. And then when you're on your heels, you you can turn, but on your tip of your toes, you're going to be able to glide and, and be at an angle. He said with that quick instruction, he was able to go all the way down that hill mm. without falling. And I said, there it is. But the first conversation I had with them, with them talking about that they didn't see the value of pre-medical uh, counseling was a couple of months ago. And then we had a conversation the other day and then they said, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I said, I'm trying to tell you marriage is the most difficult thing that you can ever sign up for because you have no control of the outcome. You have zero control of the outcome. Your significant other can wake up one day and be like, I don't want to be married no more. <laughs> Your significant other can wake up one day and say, you're a guy married to a woman, and I've heard this several times, wake up and be like, I like girls. And you like, what what, what, the, what that mean with me? Uh, we getting a divorce. I, I got this home girl that I'm going to be with. I've heard those stories. Or in the, in the reverse, a guy wake up, the woman finds out that he like dudes. You know what I'm saying? And like you have no out, you have no, you have no control of the outcome. Mm. And so marriage is such a place of submission to God and a submission to your spouse. Um, and and it's important we always hear about the woman submitting to the man, but the Bible says submit ye one to another. Um, and so I always say whatever tools you can you, you that are afforded to you to take to learn to strengthen that which you don't know, then both of y'all need to find yourself at the in the humble position of marriage counseling, premarital counseling, so that you can learn what you don't know, so that you can at least have some tools to weather the storm when they do come, because they will yeah. come. Um, you mentioned that earlier that you find that premarital counseling is extremely important for you. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because one of the philosophies actually of, of my whole life is that in the areas that you struggle, in the areas that you don't know, that unknown, unknown box is huge. And that's really what limits your life because there's so many things that we don't know that we don't know. In those different areas, get a coach. And the reason I say that is because I've played sports my whole life. And there were things I didn't know when I was nine years old and someone taught them to me. 
And I went and played baseball, and someone taught me how to throw the ball and how to bat, and I played football, and someone Good. taught me how to run and stiff arm and all these different things. That's because there's someone that has already done it. There's someone that's experienced in it, and you fi- if you find the right person, well, they can guide you through some of, and around some of these pitfalls. So I do it for literally every area of my life. If I don't have someone in person, I just find someone on YouTube. I'll just go and I watch that person over and over and over again so that I can learn. So I think the same thing about marriage. One of the biggest decisions that you'll ever make in your life, you should probably get a coach for that. Man, you hit, man. I'm glad I have Armani doing this episode today. Armani been out of pocket working on his YouTube channel, his gaming. But he and I had that conversation about a month ago. He was approaching graduation and he was like, I don't think I'm going to be successful. I don't think I was like, you got me in your life if you use me. And, and he was like, well, I mean, I just, and he, he's very argumentative. But I was like, Armani. And one day it clicked. And he called me one night. I was in my office working. He said, so hold on. So you're saying if I listen to you, I can be successful. I said, I promise you, if you listen to me, by the time you're 21, you'll have a life that you're happy about. Mm. I said, I promise you that. And he was like, I mean, but I mean, but I mean, how can you guarantee? I said, if you listen to me and that's the thing about it's like certain people get it from different. um, You learn that playing sports that. You'd be a fool. Like we, 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 we idolize some of these great basketball players. And, and um, I remember Mike Phelps when he was talking about how did he become so great, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of times they were just, you know, um, celebrating him about being so great. And then one day he said, my coach made me this way. And they said, uh, so what did your coach do? And I never forgot this lesson. They said the coach purposefully filled his goggles up with water. And had him put his goggles on. So that's the reason why he can swim and not hit that wall. Because when he started swimming, he had to, he had to, he's vibrating on a high level. But as he's swimming and he's stroking, he's counting his strokes to know how he's going to hit that wall. And to be able to hit that wall, push off of it and go the opposite direction is a skill that you have to master. And that's going to be a deciding factor whether or not you win or lose. And so the coach doing that and having the wherewithal to to train his mind to be able to feel that wall come and hit it without being able to see it. And I was like, wow, that's the power of a coach. We have such an amazing thing, not only with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit being our coaches in different areas of how they show mm-hmm. up in our lives, but also people that God placed on this earth that have lived that which we're trying to live, whether it's in sports, whether it's in uh, a business or finance or whatever it is, you can always find somebody that can teach you whatever that skill set is. But the very thing that we lack the most in instruction is trying to find coaches in marriage. Mm-hmm. In relationships, we just be like, oh, I got they, they don't know what it's like going through. <laughs> I remember I said that in my ignorance, I said, I don't care what these marriage counselors tell me. They don't know what it's like being married to you. <laughs> and I was like, I said, I remember my, my ex wife used to be like, hey, let's watch uh, Marriage Today. Marriage Today. She watched that. I was like, man, don't, white folks don't know what it's like being black, being married. <laughs> I had a reason for everything of why I don't need to listen to right. it. Yeah. And then I got to the point to where, you know, halfway in my marriage, I said, well, let me just eat up all this stuff. And so I started consuming all this stuff and learning. And I was like, wow, I just didn't know. And and the the pride, pride will stop you from walking into your greatness. 
because the pride that I had back then would limit me in saying, Lateris, you're 28 years old. I got married at the age of 28. You're 28 years old. You're, you've never been married. You don't even know you right now. So you may need some help in this other thing that you're taking on. And you're, you're, you're taking on this position to be a provider for this wife and, and, and everything else. The Bible says that a husband is the word, uh, husband means householder, uh, the etymology. And so I didn't know what that meant until like year eight in my marriage. Mm. So it's like all the stuff that we need to learn. And I'm glad that at the, I'm going to say tender age, the tender age of 34. <laughs> I love when you read people bios, they be like at the tender age of 16, they learn. But at the, at the age of 34, you're wise enough to know, to seek wisdom and tutelage under the things that you don't know. Mm. That's, that's powerful. I don't know where you got that from. I don't know what, well, you, you said it based, it's based around sports, huh? Mm -hmm. They and, taught you that. And also I had a, I have a good friend of mine who lives out in Atlanta and he was one of the first people that actually said that to me vocally. Like, Hey, if you're not good in an area, get you a coach. <laughs> yeah, and it makes so much sense. Like when you say like, Duh. that makes sense, <laughs> you know? And, and I think it, <laughs> I think you have to understand, I'll ask you this question. Do you think that there is potential that can be found within marriages? Potential as in, so you like being married to someone and then, as that relationship evolves mm -hmm. that y'all both are strengthening each mm -hmm. other. Yes. I believe that it happens. I believe that's what marriage is period. It should do that. I think marriage should be this ironing, sharpening, iron, sharpening iron where we're like, I, cause we're going to always reveal, I feel like spouses, we, we are mirrors for the other person and we show their perfections and their imperfections. And it's like, cause if someone is saying, um, I'll, I'll, I'll share this. It's interesting. <sighs> so I start this <laughs> podcast and in the podcast, I told God, I said, I want to be a better listener. Hmm. And I said, I want you to teach me to be a better listener because I normally would listen to respond. And I would hear that throughout my life. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I am listening to you. I'm just, a, but I will always be quick to try to respond. I started seeing comments uh, on, my, on this YouTube channel where, on, on my YouTube channel where people was like, you're such a great listener. You're such a great listener. Well, the reason why I became a great listener now is because I listen. I don't have notes. I don't know what I'm going to talk to you about. I didn't tell you what I was going to talk to you about. I said, mm -hmm. we were going to talk about you singing. I said, I don't even know. We, even when we push record, I was like, what am I going to talk to this man about? <laughs> it's the same thing that God always prepares me for in every interview. Mm -hmm. I'll never know the next question unless I'm listening to you. So I listen to the guests and then they'll say something and I'll ask them another question. But if, if, if in my mind, I'm already prepared to respond, then I'm not even, I, I only listened to the first 20% of what you said and the other 80%, I just went on about my business and I'm too quick to try to uh, get my question answered. And so, um, so I believe that marriage does that, that we're not perfect. I believe that we should choose people that are in alignment with us. Mm -hmm. So when you look at some of the things, like if, uh, it's funny how when I was growing up, people, I was like, I want to marry a doctor. Well, if you are, you do your love language profile and it says quality time is most important to you, but you marry somebody that doesn't, that, that isn't afforded a lot of time, then you may go through a marriage feeling loveless. 
you know, and be like, they don't, they don't love me because you got this doctor and they're spending time, they're grinding, they're doing all this stuff, they're saving lives. And you like, they just, they just, you never have time for me. He's like, but I'm a doctor. Like that, I, 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 the time I have, I spend, it is quality time. And you say, but it's not enough. Yeah. So then you got to marry somebody that's in alignment with you. You may not marry somebody whose time is very, uh, very economical with their time. You got to find somebody that has more time for you. And so um, that's what I mean by alignment. Oftentimes we choose people based upon what we think we want and not who we need and who God says we need. Um, but in the pruning process of marriage, as y'all are cultivating each other, then those weaknesses that those area weaknesses that the, the, the male may have, if he's humble enough, He'll find himself being challenged and he'll go, you know what, baby, you did say that I'm 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 too quick tempered. I, I am this or whatever. I need to, I need to really work on that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so if I if I respond out of anger, I want you to be able to check me on that. And then the woman may be like, you know, normally when I have my feelings hurt, I respond in anger. So I'm gonna watch how I respond and I'm responding love since my husband's now humbled himself. I'm now if he gets mad, she don't say, see, I told you she goes, baby, you're doing it again. He go, what? You just got mad. And I didn't even say nothing to you. All I said was this. He was like, oh, God, I'm sorry. And he kiss, she kisses him like, baby, I see you doing better. He's like, all right. Like that, that beautiful thing that just happened there is so hard for people to reach in a relationship, let alone marriage, because it's like uh, most marriages are in competition with each other and not realizing that if you're a true team, let me ask you this from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. Have you ever played for a team that y'all just didn't like each other and y'all were just fighting each other the whole time? Not really. I mean, we've always I've played for teams that there was some dissension between the players. Yeah, uh, but the whole team never. And how did that work out when there was dissension with the players? Well, it creates a dynamic of honestly losing. It's very difficult to win. You know, when you have competition coming within your own team, well, then you can't really use your talents <laughs> to go out and 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 honestly, when we play, I've been the captain of my team for the past five years, and when we play teams. And I see them arguing. It's always a point I bring up to my team. Like, oh, we got them. We got them. We got them. They don't even want to win. This this is the first sign to let you know y'all are about to lose. <laughs> and really, you lose within yourself. You know? And so you give someone the upper hand on you, on your relationship, on your skill set, on your team, if you create that dissension within. And that's exactly what I want you to say. Because that is so true. And often in, in, in marriages, we lose because it's such inward tension mm. and 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 you can't win and when you're competing against the very teammate the guy that you said god brought you together you, you said that what god joined together let no man put asunder but you're the one that's putting it asunder i was the one in my marriage and i speak for myself because i always take accountability for my actions is that i was putting my marriage asunder and and so it's, 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 it's a crazy dynamic that happens that if we all walk in humility, we all walk in the spirit of grace, because oftentimes we just don't have the grace that is sufficient in, in a thriving relationship. We think that everybody is supposed to have it together when you first meet them. Um, one of the things that that has taught me so much about grace is raising my my kids, because I thought that. Hey, if I'm providing for you, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do as a parent. You need to be reciprocating everything you're supposed to do as a child. It doesn't work like that. And I'll be arguing with my son, Armani. I'll be like, Armani, why, why don't you just listen? Doing a whole lot better now. Shout out to you, Armani. But 
I used to be like, what is what is wrong with this kid? Well, he's still trying to find himself in that. And if I offer enough grace for him to fall and then enough uh, enough uh, strength to lift him up when he falls, then he has a safe place. And that's what we all want in any type of healthy relationship is that if I fail, will you desert me? Would you leave me? Oh, I'm about to share this. And Armani is very open with his story. But I remember one day and I'm trying not to get choked up about this. So my son struggles with bipolar disorder. We're about to launch a podcast um, in September where he, he's been asking me, Dad, I really want to uh, start sharing the story about me and all this stuff. Very dope kid because he's such an overcomer, been through a lot, and I adopted him uh, uh, three years ago. But the first time he got placed in a mental health hospital, I was talking on the phone with him. It was just right here about to mess me up. Mm. But I was talking on the phone with him, and he said, because he was very suicidal, and I was talking on the phone with him and he said, uh, yeah, they got me back on my meds and, and all this stuff. He was telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, man, I just can't wait till you get uh, back healthy again and, and, and come home. He said, I can come home. I said, you're my son. What you what you mean? Yes, you can come home. And he was like, oh, well, I thought that once I got out of here that, you know, they're going to put me in a different placement. I said, Armani, what you don't realize is I adopted you. You're my son. What he was so used to is that in foster care placements, if you wild out and do something, quote unquote, against that home's rules or whatever, then when you leave out that, you leave out the behavior health hospital, the CPS worker be like, hey, we're going to place you with somebody else because the, the, the foster parent would just give up on you. I told my son, when I got off the phone with him, I cried. And my, my other nephew, who, my nephew who I adopted, we just sat there and we began to pray. And I just cried and I started speaking in, in tongues in my heavenly language to break off the strongholds off my son. But uh, I was like, Armani, when he got out, I said, Armani, there's nothing you can do that's going to make me give up on you. It's not happening. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, God will never give up on me no matter how reckless I am, no matter how destructive my thoughts are, no matter what I do. I'm going to show you the love that God has for me. And I called the, uh, the documentary that I, that I shot that uh, documented his adoption journey, uh, Pursuing Armani. And he asked me, he said, Dad, why'd you call it in the documentary? He said, why'd you call it Pursuing Armani? I said, because I pursued you the way God pursues us. And um, yeah. I don't know how we got on that subject, <laughs> Lord Jesus. But there's so much, there's so much power in that, right? So, oh, Jesus, you asked me for something, and it just, it just <laughs> went there. Well, we have, I think, from your story, is God gives us so much grace. Look, daily, we mess up all the time, and you know, we strive to be better and to, to walk in the way that is worthy and to be doers of the word. But when it doesn't happen. He extends grace. And then we turn around and we look at the world and the people in our lives and we refuse to extend that same grace that we just used from the Father. Talk about it. So the power of your story and your son, and this is how you win people, is through that love, right? That is, that's a, um, that's the type of love that, that we need in the world, right? I think there's a lot of, we use the term, Mm -hmm. love yeah a lot but that's actually the type of love i think everyone would benefit from because everyone wants to feel loved in their mistakes everyone wants to feel love in their lowest points and that's the type of love that will snatch you out of wherever you're at and bring you back into the light
talk about it. So because that's, that's the love that got me when I was running around uh, with pistols and and shooting at folks when I was 16 years old. That mm-hmm. redeemed me to be an on fire uh, man of God. And so it's it's yeah, man. And when, and 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 yeah. Like and it's interesting with how you started off talking about the love of a father to the daughter, and you said, "Yeah, as as men, we want the love for my father as well." And the beautiful thing about what a father does is give identity to their uh, to their kids, and so that's. And see, from a husband standpoint, it's the same thing that when we take on that that role, that beautiful um, responsibility of husband. Like we are covering our homes, we are covering our spouse, we are covering our kids. If 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 you decide to have kids, and it's this beautiful position. If you like, you said at the very beginning, is submit to the father. There's no way you can lead anybody if you're not a submitted person. Mm-hmm. So if you submit to God and you follow, like we always say, I, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. A lot of men want to be leaders of their homes, but they're not following anybody but themselves. And you said in order. For you to be great in any area that you're deficient in, you need a great coach. But if you really want to be a great husband, you'll definitely, it goes without fail to be submitted to Christ, but also submit yourself to other men that are doing it right. Not men that, you know, you thinking about cheating on your wife and they like, shoot, you know, a man I always <laughs> got to have another little side chick, you know what I'm saying? But this is what I'm telling you, just make sure she don't know. Just yeah. make sure she don't find out. Yeah. You don't need that type of advice. You need somebody to say, hey, brother, listen. Hey, I did that. What you what you thinking about doing right now? I did that year five of my marriage. I did that year six of my marriage, and it doesn't work out. And I'm still trying to repair that broken trust in our relationship. And when you hear men pour into you like that, and they, they give you the real, then because I get so many men that DM me, that's why I always share my story about my infidelity and in my uh, previous marriage is because it has provided a safe space for men to reach out to me, and they'll slide in my DMs, be like, "Say, bro, I love how you keep it lit, bro." Like, like. Uh, uh, talk to me about that and I'll, I'll call them up and we'll talk and, and work through some things that they're dealing with or whatnot. Um, but listen, this is what I want to do with you. And I, and I, and I test on this with you before, before this uh, interview, I want to do a live after every one of my Wednesday's episodes, I go live on Instagram. But what I want to do with you is I want to go live on YouTube if you're willing. And I want to since you're intentional about looking for a wife, this is whole idea I've been having where I want to do. Uh, everybody was asking me, "Why don't you do speed dating? Why don't you do this or whatever?" And I was like, "Oh God, that's so overwhelming. I got to find some guys. It's hard to find guys. Guys that are serious that I would like to endorse and say, no, this is a good dude.' You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be setting up dudes to just magnify his mess that he's already doing. Yeah. You know, just give him a bigger platform to run through a bunch of women. Uh, but." It's interesting because I've been talking to God about this show that I want to do. And I would like for you to be my first guest where I actually go on YouTube, allow women to come up and you'll do a little speed dating with them. And I'll referee that situation. And y'all have these little conversations. <laughs> and then if y'all, if you, you find uh, one or two that you uh, like to take it offline, y'all go mind your own business, do what y'all do. And uh, I'll look at sponsoring y'all first date. If they mm-hmm. live in another city or whatnot, we'll fly them to, where you living right now? Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Yeah, so Oklahoma fly City. them to Oklahoma, fly y'all both to Dallas, and then we shall shoot it or do what y'all do. We just have fun. Yeah. Are you with Willing to the tomorrow, this episode is gonna run on Wednesday. Tomorrow on Thursday, 
pull up online on the beautiful you of tube and uh and have a conversation with some women and see if we can make some 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 love happen yeah i told you that that is so far outside of my box and really comfort zone that i think i would have to do that you say you would have to do it because it's so uncomfortable why you say I would that have to because i think that's where the beauty of life is found is in the places that we are uncomfortable you know you, you're in your comfortable space you do what you do you have your routines but greatness is never found in that box it's always stepping outside of that and and there are things that i have the life that i have well i don't have the life that i don't have and the life that i have is in that box so i might as well step outside of it and see what's out there so that's the reason i say i, I will commit to that josh you, you you're a brilliant young man you know that man yeah i uh i come from a, a very good family i love to learn you know i love to learn i study a lot and god has had his hand on me since i was a kid so i'm just trying to do with this life, what he's created me to do. But I appreciate that. No, you brilliant. Cause you don't, you don't. So I'm gonna tell you this. I used to be, I'm telling you some of my little biases. So I'm 44 years old. A lot of my homeboys be telling me to date women about 28 years old and all that. I was like, that's too young for me. Um, and so I was real biased. I said the lowest I would go is around 34, but then, um, I've, I've had like 30 year olds that, that slid in my DMs and I'd be like, how old are you? And they'd be like, I don't know. But then, <laughs> <laughs> like you're a child, you know, but then over the period of time, I started recognizing that's just a bias. These are grown yeah. women. Yeah. These are freaking yeah, grown, grown, mature, solid women. Um, and so I, I'm telling you, when I meet like a guy that's 34, I have this prejudice and be like, oh, he ain't, you know, he just, he just young. <laughs> And know that my behind and got married at 28 <laughs> and didn't honor my marriage. How am I going to judge you at 34 who's wise enough to not have gotten married yet until you got yourself together? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so it's, it's these crazy biases that, that God is always challenging me in. And I go, you know what? That's a, but I, I, I respect wisdom and knowledge. Um, let's ask, so we ain't wasting nobody's time. What are you physically, what is your type? Physically? Uh, well, I like a nice smile. I like I I take care of myself. I like to I like to do sports. I like to be outside. Um, so athletic, in in a way, I think. Athletic um, in a way. What is in a way? Yeah, I think you know. There's so many different sports. <laughs> you know. So and I'm not talking except for bodybuilders. I'm not really into the bodybuilder thing. Um, but you know, you like to go on runs and jogs and hikes and things like that. I'm really interested in that, and that's because I I just think that your body is part of your standard. You know. So it's. It's kind of like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. It's how you take care of yourself. So, so you're like athletic, built women. Yeah. Um, um, what about faith? Would you date somebody outside of Christianity? Somebody that may be Muslim or Buddhist or anything like that? I wouldn't anymore. And, you know, some people make it work. But for me, it's just one of the staples that I have from my own life. So they have to be a Christian. That's the word we'll use. Yes, I, I say you know because that and but, it's not that yeah. no you want you said it earlier you want a Christian but not just a typical average church pew warmer yeah. you want somebody that is solid in their faith somebody that's gonna lay hands on you that's gonna intercede on your behalf you want yeah. you want you want your Proverbs thirty one woman yeah and with that it's funny you say that is that's why I'm working on myself to be a Proverbs one through thirty man. Because we always we always say that like hey you got to be a Proverbs thirty one woman and women like who are you you know like what what verse are you so I think if you look at if you look at what the Bible's who the Bible's talking to Proverbs one through thirty well 
I think you realize that that is something as a man that you have to be able to provide and become if you want a Proverbs 31 woman. I think it works hand in hand. So Josh, I'm telling you, 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 you own it because I was talking about, and I was sharing this with somebody that said, we never talk about the Proverbs 31 man in Proverbs 31 at the very beginning of it. King Lemuel's mom mm -hmm. talks to him and tells him what type of man of character that he has to be, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because I always say this when people ask, uh, cause I've never drank a day in my life. So a lot of, so a lot of people be asking me, um, I'll go out with somebody. They'd be like, oh, you're going to have a drink? I said, I don't drink. And they was like, why don't you drink? I said, because I just don't drink, you know. Uh, but I remember reading with King Lemuel's mom said, hey, stay away from strong drink mm -hmm. uh, so that you could have good judgment and um, just pretty much an area, area of your life, but also the fact of taking care of the needy and being a, a good judge on that and making sure that you don't give away your strength to harlots and all, all this stuff that it was talking about. I was like, whoa, I never really understood. No, I said, like, we don't talk about that in church. Mm -hmm. We always talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, but we, we, we forgo the Proverbs 31 man. And, uh, it's dope for you to actually say that you want to be that so that you could, um, <laughs> receive that, which you desire as well. Yeah, I, I always think that you don't get what you want, you get what you are. And so you have to become the type of person that is responsible enough or, um, so what I'm looking for, the person that is deserving. That's a good word. The person that is deserving of this amazing <laughs> young one. You know, like yeah. we, we do, man, we do all kinds of stuff. Just like we're into everything and then be like, I want a Proverbs 31 woman, but we are out at the clubs and we <laughs> in every girl's DM and we over here manipulating this girl and we're doing all these things, but then saying, I want this. And, and the thing is you just can't trick yourself. You can trick everybody in the world, but you, you can never trick the inside. So that's what your life is going to reflect. So I think that's just part of the, the, the progress and the growth is to understand who am I and who do I need to be in order to to become and live this life that I know the creator created me for and with whom he created me to live this life with? Josh, this is going to get good. This is good. Hey, listen, Armani, put this on this camera. Yes, listen, if you are interested and uh and a quick little speed date with my homie, this is my this is my brother now. <laughs> I like the way this brother talk. <laughs> Pull up tomorrow, 7 o'clock on YouTube on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Uh, send me a DM. Send me an email. I'll drop you the StreamYard link uh, to pull up. And we're just going to have fun. You know, we're just going to have this nice little lighthearted conversation. And uh, we're just going to see what happens. You know, uh, it would be amazing if somehow God uses this podcast to connect my brother Josh with his purpose partner. That'll be nice, boy. That would be that'll wild. Be, that'll that be, would be wild. I'm, and I'm gonna tell you this: now I charge thousands of dollars to shoot weddings. I'm gonna shoot your wedding for free. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I charge about fifteen thousand dollars to shoot weddings, so I will shoot your wedding for free. Oh man. Oh, this is gonna be dope. This is gonna be great. So listen, man. Um, how can people connect with you on social media? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm on all of them. So I'm on Instagram at j a y o eight underscore. So that's my Instagram. That's also my TikTok. Uh, I try to shoot some videos on TikTok. My Twitter is different. My Twitter is forever J A Young. Forever, forever J A Young. So yeah. I, I thought that was clever. That's called you like forever young. Yeah. So on Twitter, um, and if you're into like emails, uh, Josh at competitionofone.com. That's the way you can connect with me. And well, good, 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 man. Listen, brother, I, I was, I was, 
I'm pleasantly surprised by you, brother. Like that's that's I like this, Amber. Good look. Good look. You did great. You connected me to 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 a great dude. I love it when I get a chance. See, I have a lot of homegirls that be like, "You got any single friends to hook me up with?" I'll be like, "No." <laughs> I mean, like I just I I just don't. You know, I just I just don't. I don't, yeah. I don't know nobody to connect you with. They they not ready. So so I like it when I meet a guy that's ready. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they're solid and they have great character about them. Um, and yeah, so this this makes me happy. This makes me smile. So hey, why don't y'all give it up for to just give it up for my brother, Josh Young. Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, that. man. Thank you, brother. Great having you. Great to be here. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black a boy with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse. I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time 
just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. You know, this episode was really interesting. I mean, y'all said y'all want me to bring more males on the podcast. And so it's just great how God aligned Josh to come on the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, knowing that he was about to take a trip, well, he was scheduled to take a trip to come to Dallas uh, the same week where I didn't have a guest. And so God knew that he was a guest I was supposed to have. So y'all make sure that y'all pull up on YouTube tomorrow and it's going to be fun. I think I'm going to really enjoy this. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, July of 2022, last month, was a graciously overwhelming month. I hit goals I imagined and God even gave me bonus accomplishments. I can't wait to celebrate these milestones with you. More importantly, I can't wait to be your cheerleader and celebrate you. I want to become the wind beneath your wings. I want to be your place of clarity and calm. I want to be your place of escape. I want to be the one you confide in and rest in knowing I have nothing but pure intentions for you. Pure intentions for us. Pure. I want us to be a place of refuge for each other. When the world becomes hectic, demanding, and stressful, we'll find a tranquility in the embrace of the other. We will make our individual successes matter even more because we'll share it with each other. I love you so much. And I look forward to the day I say it with my eyes your future hubby i hope you enjoyed this episode of the dear future wifey podcast remember be lit live intentionally and transparently and don't stop loving make sure to subscribe to our dear future wifey youtube channel we're available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and stitcher we welcome your support simply share our podcast with your friends and family